Gracious Heavenly Father, we praise you for being our Good Shepherd. We are grateful that you lead us every day. We confess that our safety does not come from good circumstances, but from your grace and mercy. Even when we walk in the valley of a shadow of death, we know that we are safe in your love. Speak to us again through your word so that we can hear and follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit faithfully today. In the name of our Good Shepherd, Jesus Christ, we all pray. Amen. Let us read 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18 to 20. It's a short passage. 1 Timothy chapter 1, 18 to 20. Timothy, my son, I'm giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, so that by recalling them, you may fight the battle well, holding on to faith and good conscience, which some have rejected, so have suffered shipwreck with regard to the faith. Among them are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have handed over to Satan to be taught not to blaspheme. In the last three verses of the first chapter of 1 Timothy, Paul recaps and reminds Timothy of his calling. Here, verse 5 and 18 and 19 create an inclusio. In both beginning and then ending of the chapter, Paul called Timothy, my true son and my son. And then he repeats the word command, verse 5, the call of this command, and verse 18, I'm giving you this command. And once again, he repeats another words, the command, and then verse 5, he said, the good conscience and sincere faith, and verse 19 again, holding on to faith and good conscience. So this is a, a inclusio, a well-known literary device. In today's Inclusio or Recap, I want us to see three important things about Christian calling. I want us to learn about the Christian calling very clearly on three ways. It's mode, it's mandate, it's manner. Mode, mandate, and manner. It's all M's. The first, mode of calling. How does God call someone to his service and task? In the New Testament, we see three primary modes of a calling. First, God calls them directly, such as Jesus' encounter of Saul on the road to Damascus and spoke to him. And number two is that God calls them through visions and dreams, such as God directed Paul from Bithynia to Macedonia at Troas in his dream, as well as God Jesus appearing to Paul's dream while he was in Corinth and they're telling him to stay there. And finally, number three, God calls them through the church, such as Antioch Church sent out Barnabas and Paul as a missionary to the Gentiles. Timothy's calling mode was a number three. Paul said, I'm giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, so that by calling them, you might hold on to the calling. The prophecy here means the elders of the church in Lystra, Timothy's hometown, laying their hands on him when God called Timothy to join Paul's missionary band. Later, 
Paul affirms this in the first Timothy chapter 4 verse 14. Do not neglect your gift, which was given you through the prophecy when body of elders lay their hands on you. Paul says, Timothy, don't forget that your gift came from your calling. You know, God gives his matching gifts to his calling. God equips those whom he calls, not the other way around. God does not call already equipped one. God calls and then equips. Gift and calling always go together. Here in Timothy's calling, we must learn important biblical truths. That is a role of a community in one's calling. Role of a community in one's calling. God uses his community, the church, to recognize and recruit his workers. This is why every seminary asks its applicants to submit their church endorsement form or at least a pastor's recommendation. You cannot go to a seminary just because you are willing to pay for it. Seminary education is different from other graduate school education. You are learning to serve God and His church. Sometimes, uh, I met many pastors and seminarians, and sometimes I wonder about some of them. Seriously, I ask inside that, how did you get called? Who initiated your calling? Who confirmed God's calling for you? What Timothy had in his calling was a communication of God's will to him through other Christians. That's what Paul meant by prophecy here. Even Apostle Paul, after he received a direct calling from Jesus, his calling was confirmed by a human agent named Ananias. If you look at the Acts chapter 9, verse 15 and 16. When, when you want to confirm, so when you want to confirm God's calling for you, double check and verify with your church. Once again, that's why the house church ministry matters to us. If those who serve with you do not confirm your calling, I'm sorry, I'll be very hesitant to support. The second important truth about calling here today is a mandate of calling. By that I mean, Paul used the military language that, to, to describe calling. Paul said, you may fight the battle. Uh, I tried to do today's uh, daily breath without, uh, without using a Greek word. Because uh, Suman said, you know, I use a Greek word all the time as if that's a sign of, uh, you know, whatever, uh, biblical expister. And I want to say that's not necessary. But again, I can resist the temptation of a Greek language. So forgive me for saying this. You know, foreign language sometimes makes uh, your speech a little better. So let me use the, use the one. The battle in Greek word or Greek text here is a strategia, strategia, from which we have English word strategy. Literally, it means warfare or combat. Why does Paul use a, such a strong, critical word to describe a Christian calling? Once again, let us remember, gospel is a matter of a life and death. True gospel means eternal life. False gospel means leads to death, eternal death. That's why Paul compared those who failed to Christian calling in verse 19 to the people who had shipwrecked 
in the ocean. And Paul knew the danger and suffering of a shipwreck better than anyone. He'd been there. Now, often, Christians feel romantic about church and ministry. And Paul said, Our call of God's love with the gospel of Jesus Christ is a matter of life and death. For that, I want us to remember our children ministry and youth ministry is critical and urgent like a war. So is our house church. The reason I want to bring up specially attention to our children and youth ministry today is because these are not just a church programs or refined babysitting. In America, we see many non-believers who used to be in the church as a children and youth. Why? Behind each one of them, there were perfunctory children and youth program as well as superficial, sometimes hypocritical Christian homes. Let us remember and resolve today that God called us to fight the most important battle and fight in life. What we do in forest and each ministry matters to God because each soul's destiny is at risk. Finally, the manner of calling. Paul calls Timothy to hold the fight the battle by holding on to the faith and a good conscience. As I said before, Paul used this combination of faith and conscience many times in his pastoral letters. Faith here comes with a definite article, the faith, which means the whole doctrine of a Christian belief. And later in verse 19, Paul also said those who failed is that they uh, they have rejected and suffered a shipwreck with regard to the faith. So John Stort, a British evangelical you know, uh, pastor and leader, read uh, this phrase of faith and conscience as uh, objectively and subjectively. He said we are to follow God's calling objectively, subjectively, meaning that wholeheartedly, with all of our mind and all of our will. For me, faith and good conscience means theology and ethic. Orthodoxy and orthopraxy cannot be separated. Orthodoxy means correct belief. Orthopraxy means a correct practice. They go together. Just like any healthy relationship where love and service go hand in hand, true Christian calling requires us to conduct ourselves with the God's revealed truth and our reordered morality. A good Christian is not just somebody with a biblical knowledge, but someone with bodily expression and manifestation of that knowledge, which is love. So let us live today faithfully for God's glorious calling. Just like Timothy held on to faith and good conscience to serve, to fight the good fight. Let us fight our good fight today with a faith and good conscience. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you for not only saving us, but also calling us to serve you with a faith and good conscience. Help us recognize the critical and urgent importance of your calling in our life and our world today. 
Help us to fight the good fight of Christ and his gospel with the truth, faith, and love. Your love is the most beautiful song we have in our heart. Empower us to sing this song of overflowing love consistently throughout the day. Holy Spirit, keep and remind us of the melody and rhythm of Christ's love song in our heart so that others also can hear God's calling. In the name of Jesus Christ, who always sings for us, we pray. Amen.